For our first bonus snippet, I'm delighted to give you an insight into the origins of the Work Life No Balance podcast. This was recorded over a month ago and it's cut from an in-person chat I had with my sister, Anjali Raval, sat on the sofas in our living room. We pick up the conversation at the point I've told her, I think for the first time, that she's been a role model for me in work-life balance. And I ask her if she knows why. I think it's probably to do with my boundary setting in the context of, of work and um, my ideas around priorities and prioritization and what for me is important is, is absolutely, you know, I, I want to be great at my job without a doubt. I think we're all conscientious enough to want to do that. But there are other things that I value in my life equally, if not more, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I think I have, it's not perfect, it's absolutely not, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer in you can have it all, um, certainly not all at the same time, but there are ways of improving that balance and I've taken steps in my life, and often that involves having difficult conversations with people, um, to be able to compartmentalise a little bit better and to achieve somewhere towards the balance that I'm trying to create. And so I, I can see to the outside world how that looks impressive because it is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, but the conversation, again, I've had with people who sort of say, how, well, how do you do it? And I say, actually, you've got to be very upfront from day one. There's no point being one way, you know, I'm trying to impress, I'm trying to be, you know, prove that I'm always available, and then suddenly go, oh, actually, now I'm burnt out. Now I want to take a step back because that's when you get the pushback and people go, oh, actually, now you're just not trying. And it's like, well, actually, no, if, 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 if from day one I've said to you, this is what I'm willing to, I'm trying to achieve. And also, this is the value that I think that I can add to you by me having this lifestyle. Actually, people understand it a lot more and people are open to it. Um, but I think a lot of the setup is, is adversarial. You know, we see it as the big bad employer often and you know the poor poor employee when actually it's it's sometimes it's like that but more often than not it's it's everyone's trying to achieve the same thing yes and i think i think that it it makes me think about you know things that i've studied about sort of negotiation and mm -hmm. just as a lot of people say that you can't take a sort of positional view of work being work and life being life yeah and, you know, that's quite common criticism of the term work-life balance, although I use it because it's it's kind of what we've come to define, you know, sort of how we how we improve or how we have quality of life while having a job. Yeah. I think the other way that I see it is I think we think about that sort of employer versus employee dy dynamic as a yep. positional bargaining. Absolutely. Where it's kind of winner takes all, right? Yep. yep. The, the employer gets you to believe in mm -hmm. their hustle culture and and indoctrinates you in how how much you love your job and yep. so you will give up everything um to make to have an impact yep. um or it's a quiet quitter who's like the antithesis of that and says uh -huh. my contract says 5 p.m thank you very much i'm out yeah uh yep. and i think that if we if we take more of a sort of principle bargain approach of, of as you say of a win-win scenario uh -huh. And I think that I, I, I am very optimistic and I believe that that is achievable yep. and that you can and should be able to have that kind of difficult conversation where it leads to an outcome that you're both happy with. Yep. And I think that you, I have the sense that you have been able to do that in jobs before. 
where you can say, well, actually, it is important to me to go to choir on yeah. these evenings. It is really important to me to have, you know, uh, this dinner with my friend at whatever time. Yeah. But I also feel comfortable telling you that because I believe that I can still have a really strong impact for yeah. you and your business. And you will want me to be around and be a part of the team. And I've been really lucky, um, you know, throughout my career, really, that actually I've had bosses that have understood that. Um, and that, 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 that's not always the case. But even then, they, you know, they were sometimes difficult conversations. But it's what I said about actually setting expectations at the beginning. I mean, I think even at interview stage, quite frankly, I know people want to put their best face forward. You know, everyone's competing for a job that they really want. But I actually think there is value in being upfront and honest about what your life looks like, what you're trying to achieve, what your expectations are of your employer as well. It isn't just, a, particularly in a market where actually, for in a lot of industries, it's actually quite employee friendly, right? Right now, it's applicant friendly. This is your opportunity to say, well, this is this is what I need. I mean, I had a fairly recent experience of this because I'm in a, a relatively new job. I started in August. I had to go through all the interview process, etc. And actually, in my first couple of interviews, I came away being like, oh my God, maybe I was a little bit too honest about you know who I am, what I want in terms of work-life balance and my outside interests, um, and, and even about some of my perceived weaknesses. You know, actually, but actually, I think there's value in that because they saw that, they saw the honesty, they saw the potential, they saw the value in the things that I was doing or that I do, and they understood that.